This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Second Sunday in Ordinary Time A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord said to me, You are my servant, Israel, through whom I show my glory. Now the Lord has spoken who formed me as his servant from the womb, that Jacob may be brought back to him and Israel gathered to him. And I am made glorious in the sight of the Lord, and my God is now my strength. It is too little, the Lord says, for you to be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel. I will make you a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. I have waited, waited for the Lord, and he stooped toward me and heard me cry. And he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn to our God. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. Sacrifice or offering you wish not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. Holocaust or sin offerings you sought not. Then said I, Behold, I come. Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will. In the written scroll it is prescribed for me. To do your will, O God, is my delight, and your law is within my heart. Here am I, Lord. I come to do your will. I announced your justice in the vast assembly. I did not restrain my lips, as you, O Lord, know. Here am I, Lord. I come to do your will. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Sostenus, our brother, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to you who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be holy, with all those everywhere who call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I've said, A man is coming after me, who ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whoever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. 
the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Kevin, we are back to ordinary time halfway through the month of January. Second it doesn't mean Sunday. boring, though. Ordinary no. is not boring. No, 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 no. We yeah, got some great reading today. Me, ordinary means counted. Ordinal. Yes. yes. Ordinal. That's Ordinal. right. That's right. Yeah. Well, I want to start out a little bit with a with a little bit of a reminder about um, pro-life activities that are still going on. And, you know, 50 years ago, the United States of America ratified the federal law known as Roe versus Wade. And that law decriminalized abortion on a national level. And for the past 50 years, individuals across the United States have participated in marches and demonstrations and participated in prayer campaigns like 40 Days for Life with the goal of overturning Roe versus Wade. And on June 24, 2022, just six months ago, the U.S. Supreme Court did overturn Roe versus Wade with the monumental Dobbs decision. And even with this re- recent victory over Roe versus Wade, right to life organizations have decided to continue prayer vigils, demonstrations, and marches during the month of January as efforts continue to one day end the legislation of abortion at the state level across the nation. March for Life President Jeannie Mancini announced that the 50th March for Life in Washington, D.C. would take place on Friday, January 20th of this year, so this in five days, and that they would address the most confusing issues in terms of building a culture of life. There will also be some local events in Vancouver. On Friday, January 20th, from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock, there will be the annual remembrance of the victims of abortions on the front steps of the Clark County Courthouse. And then on Saturday, next Saturday, January 28th, is the Oregon Right to Life March for Life, and that's happening in Salem, Oregon. You know, Kevin, throughout time, as the moral health of the world has risen and declined, there has been a faithful remnant that has persevered, fueled by faith and hope, and has continued to do their best to uphold the law of God, awaiting the day that moral order would be restored. And in our readings this Sunday, we hear God's promise to restore Israel to the glory that is in keeping with the people of God. Yeah, and, and look at how in the end of this first reading here, it's too little, the Lord says, for you just to be my servant. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to make you a light in the nations. Again, this, is, I think, is that call even today, as you mentioned, this pro-life. We need to be a pro-life light to our country and to other nations. And, you know, I was thinking about, you know, that call to be a light to the nations. And how do we tie the word light into our faith? And so I thought I'd have a little fun with that. So there are actually seven properties of light. And I thought, well, there probably must be also seven properties of faith as well. So let me let me run down the list here. So we know that the light travels very fast. Indeed, God's word in terms of our faith can cut to our very heart and travel very fast oh, as well. that's a good one, yeah. Uh, light has a dual nature, both a wave and a particle. And I think our faith also has this dual nature. Sometimes we're contemplative, sometimes we're active. Light travels in straight lines. Well, if you remember John the Baptist or, you know, in Isaiah, we see in, in 40 uh, verse 3, make straight the pathway for our God. The desert is a high, you know, that make path straight that path in the desert. Uh, the fourth uh, property, light can vary in intensity. Of course, we've seen our Lord 
go quietly alone to pray. We've also seen him turn over the tables in the temple. We have that varying intensity in our faith. Uh, Light interacts with matter. Of course, we had the beautiful sacraments in our church, that binding of that Holy Spirit with different matter. The sixth property, light is composed of many colors. We have one faith, but we have so many beautiful, blessed people and so many different acts of faith in our church today. And finally, light carries both energy and information. And I really think that in terms of faith, faith opens us up to that truth. It brings us that energy to love and serve our Lord. It brings us that knowledge of the truth of Jesus Christ. And so that is a wonderful way, I think, kind of a fun way to say, you know what? There are also not only seven properties of light, but seven properties of faith. Well done. Little, I'm little impressed. Chance to reflect, yeah, right? yeah, it is. So um, I think of light in a whole different way. Yeah, right. We're yes. kind of get out of get out of yes. our little box here and, yeah. and look at it that way. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, great. Yeah. Well, let's move to our second reading today. Uh, I do want to encourage people uh, to really read the book of One Corinthians uh, coming up in the near future because all of our Sunday's second readings are going to come from One Corinthians up until Lent. Oh, so take okay. a chance to really dig into One Corinthians. Today, we just hear about the greedy, uh, greeting, but it packs in a whole bunch of information. Yeah, and St. Paul wrote this letter to the early church in Corinth to remind them that they are joined in communion with all the faithful and that they must remain holy. And being holy means, of course, set apart for God. Yeah, and think about this being set apart for God and <laughs> writing to the Corinthians. So a little background on uh, Corinth in the mid-AD 50s. It was very much a bustling city. There were Romans there and sailors. There was a business, a lot of business there. It was a sports center. Uh, it was a very pagan place. Uh, there actually was a term called living like a Corinthian, and that was not a, <laughs> was not a compliment. <laughs> so, sort of what happens in Vegas stays in that's Vegas. That's right, okay, exactly. Right, so, right. And we're, I mean, we're living in that in our country today, Absolutely, right? So yeah. I think that when it talks about the importance of us to be holy, I went to the catechism and I want to read you paragraph 828 because we indeed have so many who have gone before us who are indeed holy, uh, whether it would be formally recognized as a saint or maybe a family member or a friend. But in terms of the sainthood, this comes from, uh, again, paragraph 828. By canonizing some of the faithful, i.e. by solemnly proclaiming that they practiced heroic virtue and lived in fidelity to God's grace, The church recognizes the power of the spirit of holiness within her and sustains the hope of believers by proposing the saints to them as models and intercessors. The saints have always been the source and origin of renewal in the most difficult moments in the church's history. Indeed, holiness is the hidden source and infallible measure of her apostolic activity and missionary zeal. Mm -hmm. And so we obviously are called to be saints. I think this is a great call for us to find either a formally proclaimed saint or a saint that we know of within our lives today to really model them and, again, bring that renewal of the church, our call to be holy in a very pagan place to bring Christ back out into the secular culture, how important that is. Well, in our gospel today, we hear from the gospel according to John. Yeah, and uh, God began preparing John the Baptist for his mission even before he was born. You know, John's trust in God, that's what allowed him to continue his mission, even when it meant that he would eventually be thrown into prison and beheaded. And God has a mission that's been custom designed for each of us. And even before we were born, God custom designed each one of us 
for that mission. Most of us are not going to be called to wear camel skins or live in the desert and eat locusts and wild honey, but we will be expected to witness to the divinity of Jesus Christ and to proclaim the good news of salvation. Yeah, and about the divinity, that's why Jesus, or that's why John said, a man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. You know, we know that John is older than Jesus, but this is John's recognition and pronouncement of Jesus's eternal presence as that second uh, second person in the Trinity. And like you were saying here, much like John was called to proclaim, we also are called to proclaim. We also are called to say, behold the Lamb of God. If I could just take a minute reflecting on that term, the Lamb of God. Of course, we see back in Exodus 12, the Paschal Lamb, the sacrificial offering for sin that Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. We see in Isaiah 53 how the lamb is being led to the slaughter and how Christ, of course, fulfilled that. And much like in Matthew 27, Christ opened not his mouth as he was led to the slaughter. Finally, though, we see in Revelations 5 through 7, we see the killer lamb, how he destroyed evil and darkness in our world. Jesus is that sacrifice that freed us. He's the one who brings that his presence, his Holy Spirit that we have that spirit that remains in us. And that's why it says here, and as John testified, I saw the spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. That's a Greek expression, which also can be translated to dwell or to abide. It's that enduring bond. Jesus Christ opened the gifts, the gates of heaven. He brought down that Holy Spirit that we also may have the Holy Spirit dwell and abide in us. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MaterDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.